And welcome to Technology Tab. This is Professor J. Rod. Our topic for today is comparing threats, vulnerabilities, and common attacks. We're going to talk about understanding threat actors, determining malware, and educating users. Let's get to it. Welcome back. I just to remind every all my listeners out there, this is the last episode of Technology Tap for the year. So usually I try to come up with an episode twice a month, but and this is season one. But next month I'm going to take a break, recharge, come back in September. That's going to be season two of this podcast. Again, I want to thank everyone who has helped me, who's encouraged me, who's listened to me, because it's really about you guys, right? I'm getting a lot of feedback on this podcast, so as long as I keep getting it, I'll keep making them. Also, don't forget, I still have that contest where if you send me your A+, Network+, and Security+, scores, well, whoever has the highest one gets a 25 Amazon gift card. So keep sending them in. All right. On this chapter, we are going to talk about comparing threats, vulnerabilities, and common attacks. Understanding your threat actors, right? These are different people who, who do different things. One of them is a script kitty, is an attacker who uses existing computer scripts or code to launch attacks. Script kitties typically they have very little experience, sophistication, and funding. They just go on the net and just copy. You know, they go to YouTube and then they copy something that they see. A hacktivist launches attack as part of an activist movement or to further cause, right? Getting organizations, different organizations. I'm not saying that they're hacktivists, but let's say someone like PETA. You know, I years ago they used to, you know, throw blood at people who were fur you know something like that right that's a an activist kind of like uh they go a little bit to the extreme an insider is anybody who has legitimate access to the organization's internal resources such as an employee of the company competitors also engage in attack their motivation is typically to gain proprietary information about another company think of wall street right when Charlie Sheen character goes and works for the competitor as a janitor, I believe, in order to steal information. Organized crime, and it's not necessarily limited to the mafia, of course. Uh, elements are typically motivated by greed and money, but often use sophisticated techniques. Advanced persistent threats are sponsored by government, and they launch sophisticated target attacks. Think North Korea, Russia. Iran, Iraq, right? 
Uh, determining malware types, you have malware, in, uh, which is malicious software, includes a wide range of software that has malicious intent. When add wire first merge, its intent was uh, primarily to learn a user's habit for the purpose of targeted advertising. Then it's kind of changed, right? As the practice of gathering information on users became more malicious, more people began to call it spyware. Uh, a virus. A virus is a malicious code that attaches itself to a host application. The big thing with a virus, and always remember this, a virus needs human interaction to start. Needs, you know, you have to do something, click it, do something in order for it to start. There's different types of viruses. There's polymorphic virus in order to avoid detections by antivirus. A polymorphic virus changes each time it's installed. The functionality of the virus remains the same, but the signature is changed. Then you have your stealth virus, changes the code that can be used to detect it and becomes very difficult to detect. And you have your armored virus, uh, is coded to make it difficult for the antivirus to unravel and understand it. You know, in order for you to maybe you want to reverse engineer it, right? It makes it hard. It uses a variety of techniques to do so, like fooling antivirus to believe that it lies somewhere else than its real location. A worm, it's not a virus. A worm is a self-replicating malware that travels through the network without the assistance of a host application or user interaction. A worm resides in memory and can use different transport protocols to travel the, over the network. A logic bomb is a string of code embedded into the application or script that would execute in response to an event. The event may be specific date, time, or user action, such as when a user launches a, a specific program. They actually had this on an episode of Forensic Files when they talked about one of the first time they used forensic, a forensic company to discover uh, what an ex-employee did. He kind of like set up a logic bomb to delete everything like two weeks after he left. So, and then they, they brought in like a, a new forensic company that had just formed to see how this happened and they found out it was him. He ended up getting arrested. Uh, this was back in the early 90s. All right, Backdoor. Backdoor provides another way to access the system. Many types of malware create backdoors, allowing attackers to access the system from remote locations. Employees have also created backdoors in applications and systems. I had a friend who worked for a software company that I'm not going to name, and he sent me the username and password of the software, the ones that that the company would use with each other, just for me to, to see it. Rootkits have a system level of kernel access and can modify system files and system access. Rootkits hide their running processes to avoid detection with hooking techniques. Tools that can expect inspect RAM can discover these hidden hook processes. Trojan appears to be something useful, but includes malicious component 
such as installing a backdoor on a user's system. Many Trojans are delivered via drive-by downloads. You ever seen uh, you using your computer and then it pop comes up and says, you have 560 million viruses. Click here to download this antivirus. That's a Trojan. Ransomware, we all heard of ransomware. It's been in the news a lot. It's a type of malware that takes control of a user's system or data. Criminals then attempt to extort payment from the victim. Ransomware often includes threats of damaging a user's system or data if the victim does not pay the ransom. A keylogger attempts to capture a user's keystrokes. The keystrokes are stored in a file and either sent to an attacker automatically or the attacker may manually retrieve the file. Spyware is software installed on a user's system without their awareness or consent. Its purpose is often to monitor the user's computer and the user's activity. And adware, we talked about adware, right? When it first emerged, it was an attempt to learn the user's habit, and then it became more malicious. Uh, recognizing common attacks, social engineering uses social tactics to trick users into giving up information or performing actions they normally wouldn't take. Social engineering attacks can occur in person, over the phone, while surfing the internet, or even via email. Shoulder surfing, when you're looking over somebody's shoulder, either in person or with a camera, in hopes of viewing sensitive information. Screen privacy filters help prevent shoulder surfing by obscuring the view of the screen without direct line of sight. Impersonation, some social engineering attempt to impersonate others to convince an authorized user to provide sensitive information or help an attacker defeat a security control. A hoax is a message often circulated through email that tells of an impending doom from a virus or other security threats that simply do not exist. Then we have tailgating is the practice of one person following closely behind another without showing credentials, use a man trap to solve tailgating. Dumpster diving is when a threat actor searches through trash, looking for information, shredding or burning documents, mitigates this threat. And now this. What if it's possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You can go to the gym in that free time. Well, Instacart gives unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. Way better than the other guys who nickel and dime you to death every time you use their app. Forget that one ingredient to make Sancocho? Instacart can deliver it to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in the area so you can save money, and every item is hand-selected according to your preferences. No more green platanos when you want the yellow ones. And they keep your eggs safe too. To start your 14-day trial, please click the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and to help support the show. Instacart, never set foot in a grocery store again. Then you have attacks via email and phone. Spam is unwanted or unsolicited email. Some spam is harmless. Advertisement, which 
uh, while more is you know, while others are much more malicious. Spam can include links, code, or malicious attachments. Phishing is the practice of sending emails to users with the purpose of tricking them into reviewing personal information or clicking a link. A phishing attack often sends the user a malicious website that appears as a legitimate site. We all get these emails every day. Amazon, Netflix, right? Bank accounts say that it's been closed. Apple, that's another big one. Uh, everybody gets those in the emails. Spear phishing is when you attack a specific group of users. It could target like all the employees in a company or a particular customer of a company. Digital signatures assure recipients about who sent the email and can reduce the success of spear phishing. Uh, there's phishing, spear phishing. There's vishing with a V. This Everybody gets this. Former phishing that uses the phone. Uh, some phishing attempts are fully automated. Others start automated, but then the attacker takes over at some point during the call. We, If you have a cell phone, you get this every day. Everybody gets this. And whaling. Whaling targets high-level executive. The CEO, the CEO, the CFO, right? Those are the, that's what a whaling attack is when they target high-level executives from the company. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is educating users, right? This is a big thing for me. Educating users about viruses, phishing attacks, and zero-day exploits help prevent incidents. You know, you, you have to talk to your users, right? You can't, you know, you just can't say one day, you know, we're going to automatically not have, allow anybody to go to this one particular website, right? Let's say a, a social media site. Explain to them why, you know, oh, you know, somebody clicked on a link in, let's say, Facebook. We had a virus. The guys had to come in. Over the weekend to work, they lost their weekend. You know, the company had to pay X thousand dollars worth of money in order to get this fixed. If you explain it to your users, I think they're more understanding of, you know, why you put in these restrictions in place. If you unilaterally impose these restrictions, they're going to be like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? And not going to care. But if you let them know, my experience has been that they care. You know, people care about where they work. You know, if you show, like, listen, we're all in this together. Everybody has to make sure that they do the right thing. I think people would like that more than say, oh, nobody can go to Facebook and then not say why. So it's always good to get, keep a, a line of communication. A zero... They exploits take advantage of vulnerabilities that aren't known by trusted sources, such as operating system vendors and antivirus vendors. You educate your users on the following. Don't click on links within emails from unknown sources. Right? If you don't know who they're from, don't click it. Don't open attachments from unknown sources. Be wary of free downloads from the internet. If it's free, it's free for a reason, right? You may not know the reason, but it's free for something. Limit information you post on social media websites. 
this goes without saying, back up your data regularly. Keep your computer up to date. Remember, first episode, update, 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 update. And keep your antivirus software up to date. Doing these things, you would have a lot better uh, relationship in your job with people. Your although everybody's computer will run smooth, and you won't have not too many issues. All right, that's gonna put a bowl on this. Again, this is the last episode for season one. We will be back in September with our own new uh, episodes. And, you know, if you want, if there's anything you like or you want me to add to it, let me know. You can always reach me at ProfessorJrod at gmail.com. Uh, you can look at the link uh, below and you'll be able to find my email. Uh, thank you so much for this. has been a fabulous year for me. I didn't think this was going to be as successful as it has been. I appreciate each and every one of you, and we'll see you on season two in September. This has been a presentation of Little Cha Cha Productions. Art by Sarah. Music by Joe Kim. If you want to reach me, you can always reach me at ProfessorJrod at gmail.com. And we're back. And we're back.